Welcome to this special edition of Radio Disclosure. We're broadcasting around the world on International Shortwave and on the Radio Disclosure Radio Network. Folks, we got a spooky show for you tonight. We're going to start off on in the country tonight in St. Augustine, Florida. We got a paranormal investigator. He also does all kinds of stuff there in St. Augustine. St. Augustine is amazing. I'd like to uh, welcome Ed Downing to the program. Ed, how are you? I'm doing fine. Thank you, Matt. So... Tell us a little bit about your investigations there in St. Augustine. And tell us about St. Augustine and why somebody would want to come to St. Augustine either to do paranormal investigations or go on the ghost tours that are available there prior to doing their own investigations. What's go? What I mean, what is up in Ghostland, St. Augustine? Well, let me give you a little background on me really quick. Uh, I've been down here for many years. I've worked at the Fountain of Youth, and I worked for Ghost Augustine, and I've worked with some of the folks from the University of Florida in Gainesville and with their archaeology department here at the Fountain of Youth. Uh, St. Augustine is one of the, it, it is the oldest city in the United States. It was settled in 1565 by Mr. Ponce de Leon. He's the guy that came here and uh, was in search of the Fountain of Youth. And as some people may know or may not know, uh, the Fountain of Youth is located right here in St. Augustine. Along with that, um, out of all the tribulations and the wars, the battles that have taken place here in St. Augustine, being the very first city, there's a lot of uh, spirits roaming the area. Um, and if anybody was to come down here and take any of the, the ghost tours down here, I'm sure they would have a very, very good time. There's always something to capture, always something to see, and always something to hear. Well, I'll tell you, I've been to St. Augustine myself, and that's one of the reasons why we're actually talking is the fort that's there all of the you start talking about archaeology uh, there's amazing things still being discovered there uh, the landscape is beautiful you're right on the coast you've got just the history is amazing mm-hmm. so yes so, so you give tours currently right on a scale one to ten on an average decent night and obviously when you're giving these tours you're giving it to open-minded style people how much activity in st augustine would you say there is versus other cities oh i would say uh you know i I wouldn't say that there's a hundred percent each and every night but i'd say about 90 percent of the time you're going to capture something um 
It's a very active city. Of course, you know, each night, each tour depends. Like on mine, I might do three tours a night and might not have too much happen on the first one, but the second one would be off the chart. The third one may not have anything happened, and vice versa. But during a night, I would be, I would, I would say that chances of you catching something are, are pretty darn good. Either picture, video, EVP, something. Something's going to happen for you. So what would be the scariest, I mean, we're talking Halloween here right now. What is the scariest okay. thing that you have encountered there in St. Augustine? Uh, it, it's kind of a long story, but uh, we used to have this apartment that we would go into, and it was above a pub here in St. Augustine. And uh, they finally shut it down in 2018. And the reason for it, Part of it was uh, it was it was becoming extremely active, and maybe even um, a malevolent spirit haunting the building. What had happened uh, on my tours there? We would have certain you know things happen. We'd get some EVPs. Uh, people would like to taunt and have a good time, all in fun, but it started to get where people were being scratched, slapped. And in one case, I had a young man out of Atlanta that even got choked. Oh, my god! And when I say choked, I mean fingerprints on his throat. People being slapped, you would actually see the handprint or a small print, and you would see the scratches. Now, I must say also in this particular apartment, we had probably eight to ten cameras throughout the building. So if anybody was to do this on their own, uh, we would be able to tell immediately. You know what I'm saying? Oh, definitely. So these were real. The place was known to be haunted, uh, extremely haunted. But over the years that I've been going in there, like I said, uh, we noticed things were getting worse. Well... I also do investigations where I go in, uh, set up a monitor, put in more cameras, uh, EVP equipment and things that we have, rim pods, K2 meters, what have you. And uh, we were getting a lot of action. One of my buddies, his name is Rick, uh, when he started working with me, I forewarned him about the apartment and some of the things that were happening. So I, I, I told him, you know, when you go in there, be cautious and try not to taunt. Because Rick was a, you know, he was a guy that liked to, uh, you know, taunt, thinks he was a, the big guy, you know. He, was, he wasn't scared of anything. Well, this one particular night, he went in there with a tour. And this young lady was doing, you know, taking pictures with her cell phone, and she was doing a selfie. When something appeared behind her and uh, it was benevolent looking. There's no doubt about it. And uh, Rick called me shortly after that because that was the night that I wasn't working. And he had called me and asked me if I would meet him at the lighthouse 
here in St. Augustine. The lighthouse, again, is a, an extremely haunted piece of property down here, and it was his favorite place. And I could tell in his voice he was extremely excited. And I said, Rick, what, what, what's going on? He said, Ed, Ed, please come and see me. Come and meet me at the fountain or at the, the lighthouse. He said, I've got to show you something, and I think I've screwed up. Oh, and I thought, dear. what are you talking about? So I got dressed, and it was about midnight or so. I drove out to the, the lighthouse to meet him. When I got there, I mean, he was, he was sweating and he was distraught. And I said, Rick, what's going on, buddy? And he said, look at this picture. And I thought, oh, my God, what, what happened here? Tell me the story. He said, well, this particular girl was on his tour, and he said, I was telling her what to do and having some fun about taunting the spirit in there. And I thought, oh, no. So while she was in one of the rooms, she got this selfie of herself and this thing standing behind her. And it looked like it was reaching out for her. So I thought, oh, my gosh. So I said, well, what happened here? And he said, well, he said, when she came and showed me the picture, he said, I was so excited but a little scared at the same time. So he said, I decided to have fun with it. And I thought, oh, Lord, because knowing how Rick is. So I said, what did you do, Rick? And he said, I ran back there, and I started talking trash to it. I started taunting him. And I said, why on earth would you do such a thing? And he said, because I thought I was more powerful than this spirit. I didn't think it could do anything to me. Now, here's one of the things I want to say. You always hear the stories people will say, tell you that it's the living that can hurt you. The dead can't. I completely disagree with that. Absolutely. That is a lie. Well, Rick, he said, Ed, you've got to listen to what happened. On his digital voice recorder, after he went back there and taunted this thing, you could hear in this deep, demonic voice, just like you'd hear on TV. It's It scared the bejesus out of me. It said three times, I won't repeat the entire word, but... You can get the jest. It said, you're effing dead. Oh, my God. Three times it said that. And I said, oh, my God, Rick. Why Why did you do this? And again, he said that he thought he would be more powerful than the spirit world. He wasn't afraid. Now he's terrified. So he said, Ed, what do I do? What should I do? So I said, well, buddy, you need to go back to that apartment right now, and you need to go up there, and hopefully that entity is still there, and you need to apologize to it, no matter what, because anything that happens in threes, three scratches, three verbiages, three anythings, usually is uh, mocking the Trinity, and you surely don't want to do that. So no matter what, go back to the building and go up there and apologize. So he says, would you go with me? (laughs) Well, uh, you know, I'm just saying I got a bad leg. Uh, So I said, well, I'll tell you what I'll do because I have already forewarned you what happens when he comes out. 
I myself have already learned the hard way. I will go to the building with you, and I will stand downstairs in the parking lot, and I'll watch you, but you need to go up there and do your best to apologize to him. Well, while we were talking there at the at the lighthouse, Rick's words was, oh, shoot, Ed, he won't do nothing. Nothing's going to happen. And I told him, Rick, one more time, for your own safety, please go back and apologize. And Rick said one more time, ah, I ain't going to worry about it. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. That was on July 31st. Rick died three days later. Oh, my gosh. Of a massive heart attack in his sleep. Now, the question was, could we say that that was the spirit or the malevolent spirit that did that? I totally, in my heart, believe it was because I had a copy of that. And, and, I, and I told him to go back. Oh, my gosh. Well, what happened was about six months later, that was in July, Rick died on the 3rd, 4th, early 4th of August, 3rd, 3rd of August, I'm sure. That is the... Ed, you have chills going down my spine right now. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to come back with Ed... I don't know where we picked this up. This scares me, quite honestly. This is Radio Disclosure. Welcome back to Radio Disclosure. I'm telling you, I just heard one of the creepiest stories. If you guys were listening in that past break, that just gave me goosebumps. Ed Downing is our guest. He's from St. Augustine, Florida. And this story about his his friend that tragically taunted his spirit and the spirit has destroyed it gave him a heart attack i mean that i i i don't think that there's any other way that we can describe that or say that and um coming back from the break you you were getting into the fact that there was a phone call that was placed by another investigator that told you guys to be careful and right and he was six months late is was the was the thing so how did the right. what did the what, what was the manager's response to that well, every, everybody was in shock and, and, you know, kind of disbelief because it validated for sure what I had said and some of the other people knew about Rick. We could say, well, you know, sure, it, sure it was a ghost. Nah, sure, nah, it was strictly coincidental. Uh, Rick was in bad health. Maybe it was just his time, whatever. But as far as we knew, there was nothing wrong with Rick physically. He was only... 50, 51, 52, maybe 53 years old. And and Rick worked with me at the Fountain of Youth even. Um, as far as we knew, there was nothing wrong with him. But like I said, uh, that was that was part of it, you know. And then when we got a call 
the manager got a call from one of the guys that, you know, supposedly was a ghost hunter or an investigator that was on Rick's tour. And he actually uh, was able to capture some of the EVPs himself. That's why he called our company and talked to the manager and said, listen, um, I was on your tour back in the summer with Rick at this apartment. And he said, I just got a chance to uh, review my audio and video. And he said, I captured this voice that sounded demonic that wanted Rick dead. So he said, I'm calling to let you know that, uh, you know, he needs to be careful. And the manager had to say, well, I'm sorry. There's six months too late. And the guy was beside himself. He didn't know what to do. So, again, that just revalidated by a second person having knowledge of what took place. And uh, so it kind of... It, it kind of freaked us all out there for a while. But yet, we still went in there, and all my tours, like I'd said, I would, I would tell the people, I would forewarn them um, about this spirit, malevolent, whatever it was. I had a, while I was there on my tours, I had a, a guy named, uh, oh my gosh, Richard. Richard was his name. Um, and if you want to know how, remember this, I made a lot of notes over the years of what I've, what I've run into, but Richard, him and his wife were Hispanic, super nice guys. And I mean, super nice guy. And his wife was about, uh, you know, five, six months pregnant. And I always tell the people when they come on my tour, I have to be cautious how I say things to, you know, women, but. She was obviously, you could tell she was pregnant. So I always tell the women, if, if you know, if you might think you're pregnant or whatever, I would use caution about coming into this building. And uh, I, I told, told them why, because of the spirit. I just got this thing, whether it would really hurt the child or have anything to do with it, who knows? I don't know. But I always give the, the customer uh, the benefit of the doubt and the choice whether they wanted to enter the apartment or not. So she decided to stay outside, which I thought was a good deal. So her husband, Richard, we're inside and we're doing some EVPs and he's having a real good time and everything. I pull out the ovulus and I said, here, you know, and I explained the ovulus, what it did and everything. What is that? So he says, like, what, what is the ovulus for our listeners? The ovulus is, is a, a mechanism that, that, uh, that records or repeats what they think or what it thinks the spirit is trying to say. If you ever watch ghost hunters, ghost adventures, you'll see them use it quite often. And uh, it's, it's a mechanism that, you know, it will give you a word and print it out as well. And again, it's uh, used by a lot of ghost hunters. And again, it's an item that, um, what we believe picks up the voice or the EVP uh, of a spirit, possibly. So Richard's using this ovulus, and he's talking, and all of a sudden we started getting names uh, coming across the ovulus. And one of them says, demon. So Richard says, 
Oh, is this your name, demon? And then it comes back, devil. And Richard's kind of laughing about it. And I kind of stand back close to the door again. <laughs> and I said, Richard, I, you, you know, it's kind of funny that this ovulus is pulling these names out, but I'd be kind of cautious, you know. So he's laughing about it, and he says, well, Mr. Demon, devil, if that's who you are, just what do you want? And it came back on the ovulus. It said, outside. Oh, dear God. Mommy. And his wife was standing outside, and she was pregnant, like I said. So needless to say, Richard was done with the tour and this apartment. <laughs> I would hope so. Yeah. And this same apartment is the one that Rick had this uh, confrontation with. So, Ed, I, it's, uh, with with your experience uh-huh. and um, everything that, that you do, what would you suggest to people if they're interested in ghost hunting? What, what, what are some good ground rules to start with? One is, you know, like I said, when I take the people out, I try to have a good time with them. It's all in fun. But I also forewarn them that this is also serious, too. Never, never try to taunt a spirit. Show respect, even if you believe or you don't believe. Show respect to the other side. Because there's one thing for sure. It can hurt you, but you can't hurt it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And... And a, and a lot of, I have a lot of young folks that come on my tour and they laugh and they have a good time. And the first thing they want to do is, oh my gosh, Mr. Ed, I want to get scratched. I want to do this. And I'm saying, oh no, no, you, you don't want nothing like that. Because a lot of times when people actually get scratched or slapped on my tours, and I wish it was a way, I've got, I've got pictures that I can send you. Uh, once you get scratched, uh, the only way I can describe it is like somebody putting a blowtorch to your skin. It burns. It's fire. It it's uh it burns. And then you see some of these big guys. And I had I had a a, a big man on my tour one time, and we were in a cemetery, and he paid for a private tour, him and his wife. And he said, "I'm coming on your tour because they say you're the best." Well. I don't know that I'm the best. Maybe just the luckiest sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Yep. But uh, so I took him to a lost cemetery here in St. Augustine and um, let him go into the cemetery, which I don't go into. But I told him what he could do if he wanted to try to taunt and, and do whatever. And then to see a big man come running. And I'm talking about a big man, a guy about 6'5", six, 6'6", probably 375 pounds, I mean a big man, come running out of the cemetery hollering, Mr. Ed, Mr. Ed, I'm on fire, something's got me. It's pretty funny. But when he got up to me, I put up the, a flashlight on the back of his neck, and he had three scratches. He said, oh, my God, I've never had anything like this happen. This is what I wanted, but I never want it to happen again. And not only that, he said he felt like 
when he was getting uh, scratched on the back of his neck, he felt like it was a whole hand pulling him in towards one of the the cemetery sites, oh one of the graves. I'm sorry, one of the grave sites. So yeah, you you don't want to go out and taunt the the spirit world. You just don't. Nothing can good come of it. I'll say that. So on your all's website, you have equipment for people to purchase you have um tours that people can come there and take them and i think saint augustine has got to be one of the most active places in the united states uh due to its Uh history due to its um not just history but i think there's some there's some kind of energy there when you're there right right here uh a lot of people say um the ley lines that run across the earth, the magnetic lines, there's, it's a strong force along the, the coast here. And for some reason, it happens to be extremely strong in the St. Augustine area, for whatever reasons. And again, uh, just the history, all the battles that took place here, um, it's just, it's just a, you know, there's no place that you can literally walk in the city of St. Augustine that you're not walking on a grave of some sort or some kind. Now that's, um, that's a lot of the, a lot of the city has to dig up the streets a lot of times just to fix the water lines and things like that. And it's not uncommon for them to dig up a grave. That's not uncommon whatsoever. So what's the website that people can go to and book online? And in addition to that, they can also find your guys' shop to where you guys have some of these tools that you're speaking of earlier. Well, you can go to ghostaugustine.com here in St. Augustine and uh, get everything you need. Uh, Oh, gosh, unfortunately, I don't have one of the cards in front of me here. Um, I'll put a a link up on our website on radiodisclosure.com so they can get up there and and find it. And if if you want to send me a couple images or something as well for our listeners, I will definitely post those up there for them. Oh, yeah, I will do that. Also, at at Ghost Augustine, like I said, and and you're saying, we sell all kinds of, uh, we sell the K2 meter. Uh, Jonas, uh, the owner of the company, he was very interested incremental and in, uh, keeping the K2 meter alive. Uh, I forget what it is. I'm going to have to go by my memory, which isn't too good. But it was back around 2006, 2007. Don't quote me on those numbers, please. Uh, the company that was making the K2 meters were going to stop making them. They were going to go to another device. And uh, Jonas... Um, with another young man, an engineer, uh, decided to use them and to see if they would work in the spirit world. So when Ghost Hunters, the original group, was in St. Augustine, uh, Jonas met up with them and handed him some of the K2 meters, supposedly, and said, hey, would you guys try these out? Because they seem to be working, picking up the spirit world. Uh so again, don't quote me verbatim, but that's pretty much how it happened, I think. And uh, uh, no, I think no, I take it back. I, I told you not. It was 2004. 2004. He was able to work with them and work with the company, keeping the K2 meter alive. 
so there was an agreement between him and the company, and it's worked out. So uh, Jonas is pretty much, or our company, is pretty much the sole source for your K2 meters today. That is incredible. Folks, these guys are innovators. They are on the cutting edge of ghost hunting. Ed Downing was our guest. And uh, I really appreciate you joining us. And I'm going to tell you what, we're going to flip back here in the United States to Nashville. This is Radio Disclosure. Welcome back to Radio Disclosure. And as promised, coming back from the break, we're going to move close to my homeland, and that's Nashville, Tennessee. Well, actually, south of Nashville, Tennessee. Huge, huge Civil War area. Like, you have no idea... Joe Bamford joins me from Franklin, Tennessee. He just finished a ghost tour. And folks, this guy right here has probably seen all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, (laughs) Would you call yourself a paranormal investigator or more of a tour guide? I I think uh, I would say more of a tour guide, kind of a paranormal storyteller, if you will. Gotcha. So, Tell us a little bit about what you guys do, and I have more questions for you after that. Sure, you bet. So, uh, well, here we are in in Franklin, Tennessee, quite possibly the most haunted town in Tennessee from everything I've heard, and I certainly believe it. We, uh, We like to take folks on tours. We walk them around through different parts of downtown Franklin and stop at different locations to know, show off and tell them some of the stories, some of the firsthand accounts of what what people who live and work here in this town experience. And it happens all the time. So if they were wanting to get in contact to take one of these tours, how would they do that? Oh, yeah, sure. All you got to do is uh, just go to franklinonfoot.com, and uh, you can book a tour there, or you can give us a call at 615-400-3808. All right. For the good stuff. The history that's in Franklin, Tennessee. You're the guy given the tour. You're the guy given the talk. I, I, I don't want to give away all of your, your information, but we got two segments here. Give us your best ghost story, or let's not even say best Let's give me a ghost story that either A, has creeped you out or a story about someone with you guys during one of these tours that just, quite frankly, left the hair standing on the back of your head. Oh, that's that's easy to do, and there are so many of them. Um, I can tell you one that, that happened just three weeks ago, one of our tours taking around a group and as part of that group we had a, a girl scout troop with us they came out for the night to maybe see if they could experience or you know see some of the sting, things that, that many folks do and um 
We had a Girl Scout on our tour who's nine years old, and she took a photograph while we were just sort of gathering at one of these locations, a place called Chuff's Music here in Franklin. And I'm sitting on the steps tying my shoe, waiting for the, the whole group to show up and gather. I hear this girl say, oh, my gosh, you're not going to believe this. She had just been taking pictures of the building. Sure enough, she walked up and showed me pictures she had taken on her phone. And it is without a doubt the most compelling photograph of a ghost I have ever seen in my life. The lady was, uh, was the home of a Civil War spy, a lady by the name of Sally Carter, who she had a lot of involvement during the Civil War, and she had a lot of things going on in her home. In fact, her home was one of the field hospitals that would serve after the, the Battle of Franklin to care for a lot of the wounded served soldiers. And, uh, and this Girl Scout's photograph, it is very clearly Sally Carter up on the balcony above us, just sort of watching us as we do this tour. That is, is creepy. So yeah. in these tours, have you ever had the last people that we just had on the air from St. Augustine, they, the guy told a story that has forever been burned into the back of my head. That has just left me to the point to where I, I, I honestly want to go to St. Augustine to experience what they're talking about. And this was the, one of them involved a guy actually dying from the experience in Franklin, Tennessee. Would you say that there are certain areas and certain hauntings in Franklin, Tennessee, that the ghosts are more angry than others? Yeah, I, I would say that. Now, I don't see a lot of that. I know many folks in this town have experienced things that, that certainly frightened them. Um, without a doubt, um, I had a very interesting conversation with a, a man sitting at a, at a bar one night over a beer and he heard that I had, was doing the ghost tours. And of course, when someone hears that that's what you do in town, um, more often than not, if they have their own story, they kind of like to share it because sometimes it's not easy to share those stories, right? People may, may hear you and think, you know, you're crazy or this stuff doesn't exist, but somehow giving these tours, it, it sort of gives an opportunity to, for, for people to be heard and, and believed. And I sat talking to this, this man, and he recounted for me a story that had happened um, about 20 years ago. He was living in a home that sits right over top of uh, the battlefield of Franklin, the battlefield of Franklin was. And he told me that one night... Now, hold, hold on. Woke be up. Before you go any further. Sure. What was the battlefield of Franklin for our world listeners? Sure. So the Battle of Franklin, which happened November 30th of 1864, um, was without a doubt one of the most horrific battles of the Civil War. You know, folks hear about Gettysburg, Shiloh, Antietam. Well, all battles are terrible, right? The Battle of Franklin was something else. The course of about five hours this battle took place, there were almost 10,000 casualties in this town. In the eyewitness accounts after that battle, many folks would write they could walk across that battlefield without touching the ground. It was, it was, absolutely, it was absolutely horrific. It was 
quite possibly one of the biggest blunders of the Civil War. So, folks, as you're sitting there listening, and when he brings up the Battle of Franklin, that's what he's referring to. So you're sitting with this guy at the bar. Yeah, we're sitting sitting with this guy at the bar, and you know he, he tells me that his home sat off a street here that is well known to be quite haunted. It sits over top of battlefield grounds. And he recounted this story to me that it's just pretty darn scary. He said, he said about twenty years ago, he and his wife and his two children were living in this home, and his son and his daughter, uh, at the ages of six and eight, respectively. They were upstairs asleep, and they had shared a bedroom. This was an old home with very grand-sized rooms, right? So enough that that two children would share a room with with no problem. And In fact, he said this room was so large that they had a ping-pong table in the middle of the room. He said one night he heard his daughter screaming, and he said as a father, he knew that his daughter was in trouble. He said it was a blood-curdling scream, and he instantly knew. And it sounded like maybe somebody was in the house or that she was in desperate trouble. And he said he flew out of his bed, grabbed a baseball bat that he had kept under this bed, and he almost triple-stepped it up the stairs. So when he got to his daughter's room, he was screaming, you know, whoever you are, I'm going to kill you, in an attempt to maybe pull whoever this was you know, away from his daughter. And when he got to the room, he flipped on the light, ready to, to swing or harm whoever was in that room. He knew for sure by his daughter's scream that there had to be somebody in this room. When he turned that light on, he said his daughter was in the corner of the room, eight years old. So she was almost gray with fright, scared, crying, just cowered in a corner. So she was stiff. She was so scared. He got in there, right? There was, there was no one in that room. So he was able to, to calm his daughter down, and the only thing that, that she had said at the time was they were going to kill Bubba. Uh, Bubba, who she referred to, was her little brother. And he said that's all she would say. And she did not tell him for 20 years what had happened. We fast forward 20 years after this event, right? She's now 28. She was home in town visiting, and he said they happened to drive by the old house they lived in. When they drove by, he said his daughter just kind of looked at it and said, oh, that's the house. And so he said he asked her, you know, can you, can you just tell me what it was that happened? And she said, I'm going to tell you one time. And here's what she said. She said at eight years old, she remembered her father coming up into the room and flipping that light on to rescue her, what she said. She remembered for about an hour before that, she said she woke up, and there was a Confederate soldier in her room, and he had all of his weapons laid out on top of that ping-pong table. And he was going through his weapons one by one, looking over them, cleaning them, doing whatever it was he was doing. She said right about the time she screamed out for her father, because previously she had been, she said, almost paralyzed. She couldn't speak because she was so scared. She said she saw that soldier put the bayonet on his weapon and then take aim for her brother, Bubba, in his bed. She said that was the time when she just was able to let out that blood-curling scream. And of course, shortly thereafter, her father came into the room and turned that light on. 
Oh my gosh. Well, Joe, I the Franklin is definitely one of the most haunted places in Tennessee. Uh the only other place that I can think of that may have it, I'll say, like, second or first, or you could fight over that, I think would be the Bell Witch area in Tennessee. When we come back, I got yeah, a few more. I, I got a few more questions for Joe. And, um, folks, so much evidence out there of the paranormal. These guys see it every day. You're hearing it right here firsthand. Stuff's real. People that say that, you know what, that don't be- I don't I don't believe in that. You know, well, I can tell you what, it believes in you. We'll be back. This is Radio Disclosure. Welcome back to Radio Disclosure. We're talking to Joe Bamford in Franklin, Tennessee. He runs a ghost tour. And probably one of the most haunted places in Tennessee. South of Nashville. Biggest, like, oh, 10,000 casualties of the Civil War. You, you have no idea, folks. Joe joins us back, and uh, Joe, I, real quick, so do you use any, you know, K2 meters, tools and such, or do you allow the people that come with you to use them? Uh, what's your feelings on all that? Yeah, so I don't. Um, I, I think that some of that equipment might be a little little above my pay grade, for sure, but I always encourage it. Um, if folks have equipment they want to use and they want to bring it around, we certainly don't mind Sometimes it gives us a little insight, you know, as to what might be around us. So do you got another story you want to tell us? And after that, we're going to let you go for tonight. And I'm going to tell you what, folks, um, go to the website. And if you're in Tennessee, you need to go to the website, get online. And, you know, Franklin is a wonderful place to visit. It's it's beautiful. Um, a lot of the country music stars live in Franklin. I live I live in Murfreesboro, but I lived in Franklin for many years, and I loved every minute that I was there. So, uh, Joe, give out the website one more time so that they're aware of it again, if you don't mind. Oh, sure, you bet. So it's uh, franklinonfoot.com, and uh, you can book tours right online there. All right. What you got story-wise? Well, you know, when I when I first got to this town um, – I started coming up here about 10 years or so ago. I, I think that I was probably what you called a, a skeptic. You know, I, I believe that people believed that they had seen or experienced things, and I was always interested in it. But, you know, I've always felt like, you know, I needed to see it or I needed to experience something in order for it to really set in. Are you saying about that Franklin, ago, Tennessee is a town that you can come to to experience something beyond this world? Yeah, I think so. Um, so many of the people that we talk to who live and work in this town have their own experiences. 
And it's not just a one and done thing. These happen, you know, all the time, day after day. I can visit people um, and a week later, they'll tell me about a new experience they've had. It happens a lot. So your most largest skeptics need to move to Franklin and experience something. So that way you could say, yes, I actually experienced this. Go ahead, Joe. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, no, not at all. No, no worries. You know, um, you said I got to this um, town, started, started coming up here about 10 years ago, and that's when my sister opened up a, a business here on Main Street, a store that sells spices. And, uh, you know, it's a family affair, so we all kind of help out when necessary. And I was in the back of her store one day helping her do a little inventory, and products she sells are all on these shelves, these heavy steel shelves in the back of the store, and they're all in these containers, bulk that are maybe, oh, about two and a half gallon size containers or so. And I was helping her weigh something out, um, a particular spice called Georgia peach spice, matter of fact. And uh, I was in the back and I was, I was looking for this container, right? It was my turn to actually weigh out the Georgia peach spice. And it wasn't on the shelf where it belongs. And she's very meticulous about where everything goes. So I just yell out to the front of the store and I ask my sister, I say, hey, have you seen the, the Georgia peach spice? By the time I got that word spice out of my mouth, another container from the top, one of the shelves, flew off the shelf at me. I caught it. Sure enough, that was the Georgia peach spice. Oh, jeez. And, and, and while it may not be that scary or strange, it was very real. You know, these were things that are well-seated on these shelves. They don't move. The earth wasn't uh, quaking that day. Shelves certainly weren't moving. But it just happened. And it happened just like that, blink of an eye. And that was the very first unexplained thing that, that happened to me here in this town. After that, I started talking to people, one after another, who would tell me, yeah, sure enough, things do happen. They happen frequently. So do you often have the skeptic that comes on a tour? And We do. I had a skeptic um, just on my tour last night, a very nice lady who just very flat out told me at the beginning of the tour, she said, you know, I don't believe any of this stuff, but my husband wanted to come on the tour. So I'm coming along with him (laughs) end of my, at the end of my tour, she paid me, I think quite possibly the biggest compliment because at the end of that tour, she said, you know, I actually believe you now. I actually believe that that's, this stuff does happen. Well, have you ever had an experience of where somebody that's a total complete skeptic comes on the tour and then gets their shirt tugged, pulled. We haven't had any shirt tugged. That does actually, that actual event does happen here quite a bit. I know one of my friends is a shop owner, and it happens to her every Sunday. She can be working behind the counter, and something always comes up and likes to to tug on the back of her shirt. Well, we haven't had that happen on a tour, per se. have had a skeptic on our tour, was looking into a building that we were standing in front of talking about and she saw a white orb drop down into a room in a window that she was staring through and then exit that room it it certainly frightened her enough and it was unexplainable enough that that was enough for her she she believed it's amazing once these people see this stuff and they go through it and they wind up dealing with it later on and it just it brings them into a scenario where it's just 
Yeah. It, have you found that um, in giving these tours that the people that I will say like want to believe more or are seeking it instead of just very extremely closed minded? Have you found that the people that want to seek more find more than the closed minded people? You know, it's tough. Oftentimes, you know, people will be taking photos on the tour and maybe, you know, a strange image will show up in a window. And of course they want, they want it to be a ghost or they want to be convinced that it is something. And a lot of times, you know, it's often difficult to make something out or oftentimes it's, it's even explainable what it could be. But also it happens very regularly that they do have experiences. You know, often we have folks who are clairvoyant on our tour. We had a young lady, um, 17 years old. We stopped at one of the places that I think is probably one of the most, uh, well, I guess to say the least, maybe one of the most frightening on our tour. She knew nothing about this building. She was in from out of town, and when she got to the front of this building, she became very visibly shaken. said she was feeling pains in her stomach, was feeling nausea. She said that she kept hearing the word fire over and over again, right? She explained to us that, sure enough, she was clairvoyant. She kept hearing this word, fire, 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 over and over again. And then we had explained to her, well, she was on to something. At this location, there were um, girls that sought temporary schooling after their school, not too far down the street, had burned down via arson. Many girls were hurt. Oh, geez. This is in the early 19th century. So we explained to her that this was the temporary home for those girls that you know, had their school burned down. And she flat out said, that's it. Said, I believe the girl that started the fires still in this building. Oh my gosh! With that, um, you know, she knew for sure that 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 was the case. In fact, we showed her some photographs that people had taken um, outside of this building, where you very clearly see the image of a spirit in a window. And that was enough for her. She knew that, um, that she had seen enough, and she decided to leave, leave the tour that night. Well, Joe. I thank you so much for joining us and give out that website that you got one more time for people. Oh, thank you so much. Well, I appreciate you having me on. I love the show. And uh, it's franklinonfoot.com. You can reach us anytime. And we're happy to take folks around and tell them all about our town. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to say thank you for listening to this special edition of Radio Disclosure. And, uh, this uh, Halloween special, it, it's it's left me with goosebumps in the first part. It just between St. Augustine, Florida, and Franklin, Tennessee. Well, hit us up online, radiodisclosure.com. And if you're listening on WTWW, we want to say thank you for listening on the International Shortwave and to all of our other local affiliates. This is Radio Disclosure.